Welcome back. Really happy to welcome back to the program. Pat Ronan's here from Father Bills in Mainspring to talk to us about uh, that organization and about, of course, their latest development here in Quincy, the Yaki Housing Resource Center over on Broad Street. Good to see you, Pat. Good to see you, too. Yeah. It's nice to be here. I think uh, it was last summer. I was, was last year, so it's a little cooler. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yeah, well, uh, at that point, there were not even any windows in the new building yet. <laughs> no, we were still waiting on some, the building to be finished. So yes. uh, it feels like a distant memory now, both right. with the building not being open and the weather is much different. Yeah. So. Um, I'd like to start from the beginning for folks who might not be um, aware of what the Yankee Housing Resource Center is, where it is, and what it does. Yep. So uh, as some people probably know, Father Bills in Mainspring is an organization that has been providing emergency shelter and other services for people who are experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness since the early 1980s. And in uh, 1988, we opened Father Bills Place at the old RMV building at 38 Broad Street. And we were in there for three decades, mm. served us well. But uh, as you know, you've been in there. Um, it didn't really f meet the need. It was too small, and ultimately our mission felt that the best way to assist people who are experiencing homelessness is not operating just an overnight shelter. Um, the true key to ending homelessness is getting ahead of the crisis, and that is essentially allowing people to come in and access your services during the day. So that fast forwards us to the Yaki Housing Resource Center, which is now open. Um, replacing Father Bill's place as the emergency shelter. We still have shelter beds inside the Yaki Housing Resource Center, but we also operate a day center during, you know, your typical business hours up until essentially it's time for dinner. Right. Um, people can come in, um, have access to m many of the programs and courses that we're hosting. And, um, you know, it's really, we believe it's going to change the model and we're hoping it's going to serve not only as a, as a you know, a uh, point that you know, people will follow in the state, but also the country. Yes. So we're very excited. We opened the first week of November. Um, beautiful facility, Delbrook JKS, Quincy-based contractor, did a wonderful job. Um, and we're just really proud to be opening and to really, uh, you know, change the way we address homelessness. Yeah, what's well, proactive rather than reactive, essentially, right? So, and it seems so simple. You know, it seems like it's, uh, you know, treating it in a class in 101 homelessness, uh, but it took this long, and it took a tremendous amount of cooperation, both from public and private uh, corporations and citizens, to make it happen, right? Yeah, uh, yes, that's a great point, because ultimately we are a nonprofit, so we rely heavily on public support. And we definitely received that from the state of Massachusetts and the city of Quincy, um, both with the, the land itself. Mm. Um, we have a 99-year lease with the city of Quincy, but also with funding from both the state and the city. And then, as you know, we launched a capital fundraising campaign, our first major capital campaign. And we successfully raised $10 million toward this $26 million project. Yep. And so, uh, you know, Yaki, the Yaki Foundation is obviously uh, one of the funders there. We named this the building after them yeah. and many other companies and individuals who were generous enough to uh, help us with this this bold plan. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, you know, it's been a couple of months now, right? November, you said it opened, so how's it going? What's happening in the building pad every day now? Well, so it happened to time up, you know, where we opened in early November and the temperatures started to drop and so uh, as you can imagine, winter is a busy time for most shelters anyways, sure. um, but it, you know, turning into winter as we were opening this new building, there's no surprise that our numbers have gone up. Mm. They were already going up. Um, 
in terms of the number of people who need shelter. A lot of uh, people who are maybe staying outdoors during the summer and fall are coming inside when it's getting dangerously cold outside. So um, just last week alone, mm. one night, we had 154 people inside. Mm. And, when you, and, and we really have 125 beds. So we're talking about mats on the ground. Yep. And in some cases, if we want to make sure everyone can have a place to stay, that um, you know, we have to open up a warming center in the dining hall. Okay. Um, you know, because really the priority is making sure that no one is sleeping outside in yes. this cold weather. Yes, yes. Are you still using the uh, the old building across the street? No, that no. is. Yeah, if you drive by, that is. Been, that has been knocked down. Okay. Um, yeah, that's part of the city's plans to build the public safety center. Um, that area will be used as part of that complex. Okay, so how how do you end that emergency shelter aspect of homelessness, Pat? That you're, that you're trying to achieve. You know, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's almost like a transition right now um, from emergency to permanent housing. Yeah, so it, it definitely is a transition. Yeah. And uh, I earlier I mentioned the day services. So this day center is brand new for us. Yes. Most emergency shelter providers are only funded for the overnight service. Right. So you have the bed, the breakfast meal, and maybe a dinner, and then you go on your way between the hours of seven and seven. Right. Um, so we're opening a day center that really helps people address the issues that may have contributed to their homelessness in the first place. Or if they're at risk of homelessness, it doesn't even matter if you're staying with us or not. Maybe you need to access some you know, first month's rent or first last month's rent for okay. a new place. Yep. Um, you know, there, we have financial literacy classes, uh, technology courses, so people can help. We can help people who are applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so the prevention and the diversion is really the front door approach. And then the back door really, and the, we've been working on this for several decades, is the housing. Mm -hmm. So as you know, the Housing Resource Center has a whole different section, which is a second building really, yep. that has 30 permanent supportive housing units. So really, we believe that the way to end homelessness and you know, basically make the shelter obsolete yeah. is to invest resources in both of those directions. Prevention, make sure people don't ever have to enter the shelter, and then more affordable housing, which as you know is a broader issue um, oh. beyond just the population we serve. Right. Um, but ultimately, those two uh, sources right there will get us in a place where we don't have to provide that emergency response. So are those are those 35 uh, units full? Are, are people living there now? Well, we have actually, it's good timing I'm here because um, I'm happy to say that we're starting to move the first group of tenants into those apartments this week. Wow, okay. Um, so there was, the construction was staggered in a way where we had a, a, a little bit more work to do on the apartments. Um, and so here we are in uh, January, and mm -hmm. I think about six to eight new tenants will be moving in, and, and we have identified all 30 tenants, yeah. and okay. uh, now it's just a matter of getting all the paperwork done and moving them in. How did that process work, Pat? How do you choose you know, who, who gets a, a place to stay? That's a good question. Yeah. We get asked it a lot, yeah. um, especially people who you know hear about our housing and they see the photos, yeah. and they're like, wow, I would, would like to live in right. one of those units. Um, so really, we, our permanent supportive housing um, is really designed for the most vulnerable in our community. It's not for someone who's coming to the shelter who maybe needs to stay for a night or two or a couple weeks. You know, a good majority of the people who come to our shelter maybe will stay a few days, maybe a couple weeks. Okay. Um, but there are those long stayers, mm -hmm. those who are, um, you know, struggling with a physical disability. 
uh, maybe behavioral health issue, and that um, you know going into mainstream housing perhaps is just something that they really, really struggle with. Um, and ultimately, them being at the shelter is costing a lot of money, both for our agency and the taxpayer, um, if this person is going in and out of um, hospitals yes. or shelters or detox or anything like that. So we believe that housing paired with supportive services through our case management yep. will be the solution for those that are most vulnerable. And we have a, I don't want to bore you with the details, we have a vulnerability index that's you know, quite standard okay. in the state where we identify who really, you have to be homeless for at least a year and you have to meet some criteria essentially that we identify someone as being um, eligible and someone who will benefit from having this long-term service while being able to stay safely housed. Sure, sure. And there is a, I mean, a financial agreement that, that they enter with you, right? They have to pay some, uh, some portion of whatever income they get to stay in that housing. Yeah, yeah. and it's 30% of their income. Yeah. So if they're working part-time yeah. or you know, they receive Social Security, 30% right. of any of their income goes toward the rent. Now, you may know that 30% is sort of the, the threshold that is used when, if you spend more than 30% of your income on house, uh, your, um, on rent and other housing expenses, you're considered housing cost burdened. Right. And that's across the board, that's for everybody. Oh yeah, it's a bank looking at, at, to give you a mortgage, that's the, the criteria they go by, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think quite a few of, I mean, I, don't, I forget the stat, but in terms of statewide, nationwide, a lot of people are cost burdened. It's like 50%, I think, yeah. most people's income now, yeah, for housing, yeah. So that's really, the, we're not giving anyone sort of like any sort of affordable housing, right. Right. no matter what level, is gonna use that 30%. Okay. Yeah. Um, you brought some pictures with you. I uh, did. We want to yeah. show folks, yeah, to give them a sense for what it looks like both outside and in. So let's pick sure. those up and uh, there's a great shot there. Yeah, th we want to thank uh, the Narrowgate architect who did a wonderful job designing this building. Uh, they have a f photographer um, who came out and did some photos. This is the exterior. So the building straight ahead that you're looking at with the Yawkey Housing Resource Center signage, that holds uh, the day center. It holds our, um, on the second floor, our shelter beds. And then uh, to the, like, I don't know if it's stage left or <laughs> to, to the left, if you're the viewer, mm -hmm. uh, is an entrance for the Manit Community Health Center. Yes. So Manit will, is operating a right healthcare clinic there, yeah. right yeah. inside. And you can go to that clinic without needing to access any of our services, too. Oh. So that, you know, typically our population will need some healthcare services. So there's a lot of overlap there, okay. but um, it's a fully operational clinic. And then the building on the right. Uh, is the four-story building is the housing. Mm -hmm. So 30 uh, permanent supportive efficiency apartments are in there. And is this center, the, um, the day center, is it tw seven days a week, you know, 24 hours a day, is, is that the folks can access that? It is, it is. yep. Okay. Um, we have day lockers. I mean, the program, we tip, uh, most of the programming, the classes I was talking about, you know, if you need legal services, uh, stuff like chair yoga, mm. Um, some really interesting stuff. AA, NA meetings. Mm -hmm. um, Dove does a workshop. Oh. Uh, the Quincy Police Department uh, will bring some programming. Actually, tonight and Thursday, they're doing self-defense courses for women. Okay. Um, so that is, yeah, it's 24-7. Um, anyone who can come in, they have access to day lockers. So if you have a bag and you have a job interview and you'd rather not show up with all your belongings in a bag, right. you can have a locker. Uh, showers, 
Um, you know, so really services for people who may be experiencing homelessness or may not be in a position in their living situation mm. have access to, you know, a lunch. We have a community lunch. Yes. Um, it's really meant to be a resource for those who, um, you know, are going through a really hard time. Sure. Let's take a look at some of the fixtures. Uh, we see the uh, main uh, lobby there, the reception desk, right? Yep. yep. That's the main lobby. So, um, you know, whether you're coming in to say, I need a bed for tonight, or you're coming in to access, you have an appointment with one of our, you know, case managers, uh, this is a good resource for people. Um, yep. Take a look at the next one. Well, that's a beautiful photo of you and <laughs> you and me. <laughs> that's not, not a picture we want to frame. That's for, that's for sure. While we bring up the, um, yeah. the next photo, what's next for, uh, for the Yaki Resource Center, Pat? I know that you're already modeling uh, a similar center down in Brockton. Yeah, uh, so we're already under construction. We broke ground last year on the Brockton Housing Resource Center. Okay. Um, so we're hoping to open that uh, by the end of this year in 2024. Really? Wow. Yeah, and then, you know, John Yaswinski, our president and CEO, is already, you know, talking and saying, hey, you know, um, ultimately we already have a seasonal shelter in Plymouth and um, our, some housing in the Plymouth area. So we believe that that area could definitely benefit from a housing resource center. Um, and really the next step for us is just kind of getting the word out yes. and maybe, you know, going to the local communities. Um, the surrounding towns who do have people in their community who are at risk of losing their housing and letting them know that there's this resource in Quincy now. So um, it's not just for Quincy, the residents then? Mm -mm. Okay, it's, a, it's kind of a regional center. Yeah, it's really yeah. like the, our Quincy shelter has always served really Norfolk County, Quincy and mm -hmm. the surrounding towns. Now being a city, a lot of the of course. guests yeah. and people you know in need do come from that host city. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly Weymouth, Braintree, you know, you name it. We get people from Hingham, um, you know, that come to the Brockton or Quincy shelters, so. What's yeah. been the reaction, Pat, from folks who've come into the center for the, you know, for the first time? It was really, you know, I would say to, to kind of go back to when we weren't even open yet, last yeah. summer we hosted a couple tours for the guests at Father Bill's yep. place. So they came over, and unfortunately I wasn't able to make the tours, but we got a nice account from our um, Chief Operating Officer, John Lanham, and he said that uh, some of the guests were welling up and getting really emotional because for them to see this brand new building um, that is really going to help them out. Right. Um, I think a lot of the individuals staying at the shelter are in a place where maybe you're, they're going through a hard time, yep. maybe some relationships have been strained. To know that our agency and the community really, residents, businesses, uh, politicians, have all invested in this resource for them. That's right. Um, yeah. It's the feeling you get it maybe as a first-time homebuyer, right? Exactly. Yeah, that, something that brand new. Exactly. Yeah. You know, whereas in a in a date, it, yeah, an outdated, yeah, I mean that's one of our um, housing units right there. Mm -hmm. As you can see, it's beautiful. Um, this this is really the model for us. These efficiency studio apartments. Sure. They're meant for individuals, so you know, single adults. Um, but you have all you need. We have handicapped accessible units. It's beautiful. I mean, you know, um, ultimately. You know, housing means more than just a place to sleep. That's right. Housing can mean stability. It can mean connections to family and friends, hobbies. It just represents so much, and we believe that having stable housing um, is not only a path toward like stability financially, but really wellness and uh, happiness in in one's life. Yeah. So, 
we're really excited about this model and hopefully really uh, it taking hold and uh, changing the way our communities um, treat and address people who have a housing crisis. Father Bill would be happy. He would have been driving the, uh, the wrecking ball <laughs> to tear down the old <laughs> building, I'm sure, if he could. Yeah, yeah he did say to John Yezwinski, I think one of the goals was to take the sign down at That's Father right. Bill's. Yeah. So, I mean, we took it down, and then we're going to be maybe having a special section of within course. the building yeah. honoring him. Sure. But, yeah, this, is, this was his dream, too, was to, to really change the way that we you know, provided this yeah. emergency response. Thanks for sharing, Pat. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me and all your support over the, the years. It's a pleasure. We'll, we'll stay in touch, of course, as well. Thank you.